So welcome back to Lock It or Leave It. Another great episode. Every time I'm telling you guys, we are bringing guest after guest. This one, another great FSU basketball commit is coming for the 2021 season. John Butler, when we get back, we'll be talking to the seven-foot sniper. I'm telling you, man, this guy's highlight tape is ridiculous. When we get back, you'll hear from him. Okay, so we are back, and let's just introduce ourselves, man. I am your host, Jay, as usual, and my co-host, Cam. He's with me, as always. How are you doing, man? How are you doing? Doing great. Another another week done. Another Friday. About to have a good night tonight. Great finals game on last night. Devin Booker and CP3 putting on another clinic. Finally, my opinion about Devin Booker is finally getting changed. Jay, you might have been right. Not as good as Tatum still, but he's still making progress. Great, great, great game, though, all around. Yeah, man. So before this uh, podcast started, Cam said, you know what? It's a Friday. I got off work. Let me grab a nice drink to ease my uh, day down, wind it down. So I said, you know what? Let me join you. We're drinking for this one. We're excited. Aaron, how are you? You're down in Tampa. The Bolts just won. How are the vibes down there, man? The vibes are immaculate right now. Uh, it was a crazy night Wednesday. Unbelievable energy in the city. But... uh very excited to get into this content here and also very excited because I'm, I'm a well-documented CP3 lover and I don't want to jinx it, but he's two games away from finally getting the flowers he deserves. So can't wait to see what happens with that, but uh, let's get into this episode. Yeah, before we introduce the uh, special guest, quick shout out to Matt Cleveland because I know he's a Bucks fan. Matt, it's tough right now, isn't it? It's tough right now, yo. But let's get into the guest that we have. It's another new blood coming to FSU. He's a freshman coming in, John Butler Jr. How are you, man? Thanks for joining the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You know, it's a wonder, blessed opportunity for sure. Yeah, man. So let's just hop right into this. Okay, so you were a four-star recruit from South Carolina. You had offers from Bama, Baylor, Clemson, DePaul, and obviously Florida State. Can you talk a little bit about the recruiting process for you and what ultimately led you to choose Florida State over in-school states such as Clemson and South Carolina? Uh, no, definitely. Um, schools like Clemson, South Carolina, and Florida State, uh, and Georgia Tech as well, they got to me early. You know, that's always a big factor to me. And uh, I really trusted them. I got to see their campus and everything. But one thing that really played a big role, like the biggest role in my uh, decision is COVID. You know, so COVID hit, I didn't take any official visits at all. You know, I took a couple unofficial visits, but that, it's not the same. You know, you don't get really to meet the players and get to see everything. So I felt like Florida State, their coaching staff, and they're just the way they treat everybody around there, their family, that I, like, really could trust them, you know, without having to have an official visit. So that's why I chose Florida State. So we recently had Matthew Cleveland on the podcast and uh, talking about other Florida State recruits. When did you two first meet and maybe even Jalen Worley? And did you guys talk about teaming up at Florida State before you all came here? Or how did that process work out? Uh, no, nah, it wasn't too much talk about, you know, before we made our decision. You know, I didn't want to 
influence anybody to make a decision and let them make the best decision for themselves, you know. But afterwards, we definitely were on board. You know, we made group chats, having all of us in it. On Instagram, we commented on each other's posts, each, each other DM, like, yeah, let's go, new blood, this the year, 2021 class, let's go. So, like, it's a lot of love and energy coming out through this class for sure. So if you don't already, I would encourage everyone here to go follow John, Matt, and Jalen on social media. They post some great content over there. They're always putting in work late night, hitting sweet windmill dunks, jelly layups. There's great chemistry between these three guys. And John, what do you see the future looking like for this recruiting class? Oh, absolutely. The future is so bright. You know, all the coaching staffs and the players and teammates are telling me like, oh, this is one of the fastest learning teams or fastest learning class that we had in a long time because everybody in this class is just so intelligent whether it be on the, on the court off the court in the books you know so we just pick up on information fast and we just keep developing our game so I think you know the sky's the limit so in your high school career who was the toughest player you say you had to guard we had Matt on he mentioned Jalen Green uh, did you ever have somebody give you 40 or ever get bodied by another big man or uh, any experience like that? Um, like a matchup, I ain't never – I played against Chet Holmgren. You know, I think he's probably the best matchup I played against. We played in like a camp. But I think the player that gave me the most problems was in the UIBL tournament, you know, RP, but like Terrence Clark, he gave us like 30, 35, 36 – in the EYBL game, we could not we could not stop him, man. He went crazy, went on a tear. Yeah, so RIP to Terrence Clark, tragic story there. I didn't really know about his game that much. We talked about his game because he was actually projected to be a really good player. He was like top one, two player in the class. Like he was really elite talent. You could see his game real smooth, high IQ. Like he just knew the game for real. You know, so you can see like the pro. The pro move, he's making pro moves, good reads. He had played three levels, played defense, freak athlete. Like, he had, he had it all. Yeah, man. We also saw NBA players who had a relationship with him. Terrence Mann did. We saw Jalen Brown also have it. But to stay back with FSU, we saw that not all the same big men bring the same skill set to Tallahassee, man. Former big men like Chris Kamaji protected the rim at a high level while also doubling as an interior lob threat while others like Balsa, who we wish the best of luck in the NBA draft process to, excelled as a passing big with a wide array of offensive tools inside the three-point line. So you yourself have carved your own game by being able to break the mold of a traditional big. To put it bluntly, man, you're a seven-footer with an absolute sniper for a jump shot. What parts of the game do you hope to make an impact on coming into this upcoming season? I'm just trying to impact in any way possible, whatever the coaches need me to do. They need me to, you know, be a defensive stopper, lockdown defender, you know, make the right reads, get passes, facilitate, get some shots up, run the break, all that. But you know, one thing about this Florida State team is that I'm not I'm not gonna be playing no center. You know, we play we play four out one in. So coach initially told me like as soon as he recruited me, he want me on the perimeter. So I'm gonna be matching up with guards, I'm gonna be guarding guards, I'm be playing out perimeter, running four out motion and all that, so that's really going to set me apart. Fucking fire me up, man. I cannot wait for the season. Uh, yeah, man, like I said, uh, I kind of put you into that big guard university kind of slot also, even though you're a center. I, I guess you played that in high school, but you're a center who can also start the fast break. We saw off your highlight tapes. You're grabbing the, def the defensive rebound 
in initiating the fast break, you know, not having to pass it to a guard to start the outlet. You yourself are running the court. Uh, what do you take pride in, like, uh, kind of that's unorthodox for a big man to have? Defensively, you know, one thing that the coaches really love me is that when in high school, we switched every screen. So, like, not only am I protecting the rim, protecting the basket, rebounding, but when we switch screens on, like, a little point guard, I'm containing them. Like, I'm moving my feet. Like, I'm playing great defense, contesting the side. All of that. All of that. Fire sure. Firing me up. So, what you're trying to say also is, like, lateral movement, being able to work on the perimeter. You're not going to be a liability if you get on a switch with a small guy. I fucking love that, man. Uh, let's just keep it going. And then my next question to you would be, that we recently saw NCAA athletes allowed to make money off their likeness. We see your teammate like Matthew Cleveland getting some uh, NIL deals and getting his own clothing brand started up. Have you yourself have done anything kind of regarding the NIL name image likeness of the NCAA? Yeah, I'm definitely working on some stuff, you know, behind the scenes, you know, waiting to get a little bit more information. So you see the do's and don'ts and stuff like that. But behind the scenes, I'm making a couple connections, you know, I'm just waiting to, like really get the green light to, you know, pop out on the certain situations. Yeah, man. So the last podcast we had was with David Nichols. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but he's a former FSU point guard. He plays overseas now, but he has a clothing brand called Big Guard University, BGU. Mm-hmm. We see players like Polite sporting it, Terrence Mann sporting it. So if you wanted to hit him up, he said he wanted to talk to uh, FSU players about getting their faces onto a shirt with BGU brand. That would be absolutely awesome. But we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we will get to the lightning round in the NBA. I cannot wait for this moment in this uh, talk coming up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So it's no secret I'm a huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan. We've talked about it multiple times in the past. and As everyone knows, they just won the Stanley Cup this Wednesday. Uh, we had a great time. Such a big deal that even Cam was wearing a lightning shirt. So shout out to Ferguson for helping make the impossible happen. Uh, but in honor of the Tampa Bay Lightning, we're going to have a real quick lightning round where we name two players for John, and he picks which one he'd rather have. So I'm going to start off. PG-13 or Chris Middleton? All joys. Stockton or Nash? Stockton. Giannis or Kawhi? Kawhi. Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid? Tough. I'm going. I'm going Davis. I'm going Davis. Going Davis. All right. I do a championship. You got. The, you got the chip. You got the chip. Pete, Chris Paul, or Prime Westbrook? He said, "What, Chris Paul? Prime Chris Paul or Prime Westbrook? Prime Chris Paul. Prime Chris Paul. Who is a better scorer at their peak, Tracy McGrady or Carmelo Anthony? That one's tough. tough. One. <laughs> going Tracy McGrady. I'm going Tracy. Hey, T-Mac, that's fine. So go back to the Chris Paul one real quick. Which uh, Chris Paul is prime CP to you? Which Is that Clippers Chris Paul or Hornets Chris Paul? Clips. Uh, Hornets Chris Hornets, Paul. It was still not. When I think Chris Paul peak, I see him with a Clippers jersey on. I'm just, I'm just younger So, you know, that's when I really got into it. Yeah, so is there a player in today's NBA that you uh, look up to or get some of your moves from or try to pattern your game after? Definitely, there's a bunch of NBA players I try to take pieces from, you know. Andy Davis has been, like, a huge reminder for me growing up. You know, now that I'm trying to develop my game differently, you know, I look at Jason Tatum, you know, even some of Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram, you know, just working on my games as much as I can, you know, symbolize NBA players because they they there, you know. 
So, you know, it's always good to learn from them. Yeah, so really quickly, we saw that uh, Matthew Cleveland said he really excels in the mid-range. Do you work on any mid-range jumpers? Do you take pride in that? Or are you kind of like, you know what, let me take the extra five steps back and shoot a harder shot? I ain't greedy for the numbers. If I'm open in the mid-range, I'm just putting it up. You know, I put in countless hours with, you know, my training. We work on a lot of one-dribble pull-ups, two-dribble pull-ups. And a lot of that stuff we do at Florida State, too. So, you know, the mid-range game is definitely going to be a part of the game that I'm going to utilize for sure. I love that, man. So, talking about mid-ranges, we just saw the NBA Finals Game 2 happen last night. D-Book and CP went off, but the unsung hero was Mikhail Bridges going off for 27-7. and seven. Uh, the Bucks, uh, what's it called? The Bucks supporters just didn't really help out that much. Drew Holiday didn't have the best game. Chris Milton didn't have the best game. So my question to you is, who do you think goes into Milwaukee? Who gets that game three? And who wins finals MVP for this series? Hey, I got the Suns winning. I want the Bucks to win this next one just to make it a good game. But I think they ain't nobody beating the Suns, man. They, like, they, these two teams are finals – hasn't been, like, real, like, big, like, two big-name superstars, like, one player just carrying a team. Like, these teams have, like, chemistry. They play through each other well. Everybody gets the raw, you know, they facilitate everything. But I think the way that the Suns' chemistry, the way they click on offense is just it's, it's unstoppable. Yeah, man, the Suns just see a mismatch, and they're like, you know what, we're going to hit this mismatch every single time until someone decides to either take him out or put him in the corner. Yeah, Chris Paul and Devin Booker uh, continue to ISO Bobby Portis, and that's just a recipe for Sun success, I think. Absolutely. They hire cute players. They see whatever advantages they got, they're going to take advantage of it for sure. Well, let me ask you this question. If you're a coach, let's say you're Mike Budenholzer right now, you see Brooke Lopez getting switched on to Chris Paul getting cooked, you see Bobby Portis, do you move Giannis to the five? Because if you do that, then you have to bring in people like Bryn Forbes, who then Devin Booker will say, I'll torch him too. I don't give a fuck who's out there, you know. I'll still take his buckets. What are you? What would you do? I mean, defensively, absolutely. I, I can see that happening moving on to the five. But offensively, I, I don't know with like the spacing and all that because I don't want I don't want Giannis just going block the block, you know? Because yeah, it's just it's just not gonna feel it's not gonna feel like what he needs to do. So I'd rather have him on the perimeter and try to get downhill and just having him touch it down to the paint because I think he thrive more going speed down, down here, you know. Yeah, and lastly, we ask every uh, Florida State player who, uh, and actually everybody's been to Florida State that comes on this podcast, how have you adjusted to uh, Tally culture and um, what are your, some of your favorite spots in Tallahassee so far? Man, I tell you, like, before coming into college, like, me and my family, everybody was so worried about, like, making a transition in high school. But, like, being a part of this basketball program, whether it be the coaches, the teammates, the academic team, and just, like, everybody around me has made, like, this, this transition so easy, man. Like, I got supporters around me. They want to see me do great things. They're going to help me do great things. If I'm struggling, there's nothing to ask the question to get help. So, like, with their assistance, like, this transition has been absolutely amazing. So let's just start these sign-offs, man. Aaron, thank you for coming on. Uh, what do you want to say, man? John, thank you so much for taking the time to get with us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. I cannot wait to see this FSU basketball team in action this year, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be very exciting. It's gonna be something else. I think we got a Final Four run in this, and these guys, man, they're the ones taking us to the top. I believe it. Big Guard University. 
the new bloods. We're going all the way. Yeah, remember this, the remember this snippet. Here's the thing, man, because last season we were a great team. We finished Sweet 16. We didn't have that many fans in the home stadiums. It was COVID rules. The tuck wasn't the tuck. The tuck's going to be back. The tuck's going to be rocking. It's going to be shaking. We saw, I was there for that Trent Forrest dunk on Jordan Henwara. He was buried in the back. He was buried in the back of the Tucker Center. He's gone forever in the memories of Florida State fans. I'm telling you, one of our players is going to do it again and erupt the stadium. SC Top 10, here we come. Cam, what do you want to say? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, John. I look forward to watching you snipe some uh, three-pointers over people that can't contest you. So I uh, look forward to watching your game this season, and uh, go Knowles. Yeah, and then lastly, John, thank you again, man. Uh, quick shout out to Riley, who got us in touch with these guys. You guys are awesome, man. Fucking, you guys are gonna be the next generation of Florida State people. We see at this school that when we get people who come to here, they realize we treat this like the NBA, man. You're a pro. You got chartered flights, getting actual meals, so that when you get to that next stage, Pat Will, Terrence, Trent Forrest, Devin Cassell, Dwayne Bacon, more people on the list, you're ready for that moment. You're just the next person in that long line of Florida State guys. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. It was a pleasure for you guys to have me on here. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys need to go on www.lockitorleaveit.org. We're going to have a giveaway coming up soon, so check out the website for that. Also, check it out for more articles, see our guests, listen to other podcasts like Terrence Mann's The Dark Calhoun. We have a podcast coming up with the best goalkeeper in the nation, Christina Roque. Christina Roque. Christina Roque. Let me uh, pronounce that correctly. She is the FSU women's soccer goalkeeper. Got us to the natty. Can't wait. More guests and more people coming. Just want to get great content for you guys. But until then, we will see you guys later. Uh, it's always been great.